So how did you do? Did we get all three? All right. So you get you can have a free cup of coffee after the service. <laughs> Who's got their tree up? Who doesn't? Who who waits for um, December twenty fourth? Just checking. That used to be the way, right? Right. Well, uh, you know, decorations are up in the store. Christmas music is on the radio. Uh, Christmas is going to be here before we know it, and we're all in the midst of uh, starting to get ready, and it's just starting to speed all up. And I'd like to welcome you to part one of our series, Christmas at the Movies. And what we're doing is we're looking and seeing how some of the Christmas movies out there can actually point back to the original Christmas story. And we're going to watch or we're going to see that as we work our way through these five series ending uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas at our Christmas Eve service. So I'm glad you're here for our Storm Edition. And uh, for those of you listening online or for those of you watching the YouTube video channel this week, uh, uh, thank you for joining us in. And we appreciate that uh, some of you really did need to stay home, completely understand that. Uh, don't want anyone to get hurt in the, in the uh, ride to church or, or the ride home or especially in, in parking lots. So this morning we're going to start with this story. And uh, this is uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And it was made its debut in 19 or 54 years ago in 1965. And for many of us, we can relate to how Charlie Brown feels. Something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. What a great way to start a Christmas carol story, huh? So depressing. The music, everything. What a wonderful way to start a sermon series on uh, Christmas at the movies. But seriously, a lot of us feel that way. A lot of us drift in and out to that blueness that accompanies Christmas. There's the buzz out there. There's uh, all this energy starting to ramp up as we go and we travel around. We start to see decorations on houses around us. Uh, you go down to some of the towns through Seneca Falls right now and they have all the stuff up and it's starting to build and we're still 24 days away. But uh, in the midst of all of us, no matter where we're coming from, no matter if we're coming from a, a background of faith or we're just trying to figure those things out, it doesn't matter. We all from time to time uh, have a, a feeling of heaviness that accompanies 
uh, Christmas. And we all, we all feel that way uh, to some degree. But the odd thing about Christmas is, you know, as we think about that original story, as we think about these movies pointing back to that, the odd thing about Christmas is this, is that really Christmas does not take up that much top, um, page space of God's Word. Actually, Christmas approximately takes up four chapters of the Bible, and four chapters out of 1,189 comes down to 0.003% of the Bible, which is amazing because when we look at society, when we look at our culture, wow, it is out there. For most of us, when we look at our calendars, Christmas and the celebration and the season and ramping up for it can take 10%, 20% of our calendar and of our thinking time. So we ask ourselves, why is that? Why is if the scriptures only have 0.003% of Christmas story, why is that? And really, it comes down to at least three things. There are, there are three C's of December that all of us uh, face to, to some degree. And uh, Charlie Brown begins to tease this idea out. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. So what's he going to say? What's he going to say? That question, again, hangs in the air, lingers in our hearts when we think of all the energy, all the ramping up for Christmas. But there are these three C's of December. And the first one is just the commercialism of it. Uh, we need to realize that when it comes to stores, and this isn't a terrible thing, but it's just the reality, that 30 to 40% of the average department store store out there does their business at Christmas time. 30 to 40%. So when they start to lean into Christmas, they realize that in the Christmas season, how you and I purchase things makes their bottom line. If, if, if it happens during the Christmas season, they have a successful year. If it doesn't happen during the Christmas season, they don't have a successful year. And now we need to remember that Charles Schultz, the, the writer, the, the, the artist behind Charlie Brown, saw this tension way back in 1965. So back in 1965, he wanted to steer us away from that commercialism. So that's why there's a Charlie Brown Christmas story. And, and there was a huge pressure on him and, and on those trying to develop this story. And there was, actually, he, there was actually a pressure to shut it down. They actually thought a Charlie Brown Christmas story would be a bomb, would be a flop. And actually, it is the second longest animated cartoon, whatever you want to call it, Christmas um, story that is out there. It's the second one. And yet, uh, the, 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 the sponsors and everybody were just really negative on it. They thought it was too religious. Uh, they thought it was too downer. And, and they were thinking that the, the Charlie, brand, Charlie Brown brand would be diminished, would be destroyed, uh, would, would, this was the end. And here we are, 
you know what, 54 years later, still enjoying Charlie Brown. And there's some of you that still like to look at those comics when they're available. And, and it's, it's still out there. So it didn't do that. I mean, even in the original Charlie Brown Christmas, you know when they're skating and they're getting whipped around and there's the ice and all that? In the original one, that sign didn't say danger. It said, brought to you by the people in your town who bottle Coca-Cola. So, you know, it was just, it was wrapped in there. So when you and I think about Christmas and you think about all the energy, some of the reason for that is the commercialism. It is what it is. Uh, then also going along with that, obviously, is the consumerism. Uh, the idea that uh, it's, it's, it's time to go get something. A lot of us have been under that pressure that it's Christmas and now we need to go buy something to show our love for somebody. And I tell you, uh, you know, when, they, when this comes down for Cindy and I, especially for our parents, this is tough. I mean, my dad's 89, my mom's 82, Cindy's mom's 82, and, you know, they have, you know, so what do you get them? And, and it just goes on and on and on, and you feel the weight of, of doing this. Uh, Charlie Brown even deals with this in the cartoon. What's this? Find the true meaning of Christmas? When money, 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 spectacular, super colossal, neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest, lights and display contest, oh no, my own dog gone commercial, I can't stand it, oh, I've been looking for you big brother, will you please write a letter to Santa Claus for me, well, I don't have much time. I'm supposed to get down to the school auditorium and direct a Christmas play. You write it and I'll tell you what I want to say. Okay, shoot. Dear Santa Claus, how have you been? Did you have a nice summer? How is your wife? I have been extra good this year. So I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties? Oh, even my baby sister. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. We've all been Sally, and there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, you know wanting to get a nice gift at Christmas. We're not trying to take that away. I mean, all of us have that one item or that few items or that all items, you know, and so, you know, so as you're thinking about things, uh, oh, how'd that get up there, Cindy? Do you see that? Uh, okay, good. Uh, oh, wow. Um, so, you know, so we all like gifts and we all like those kinds of things and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but when it, it, the weight of it is just just overkill, it, it seems to just, seems to just uh, steal the joy and, and bring that blueness and that, 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 that difficulty just into, into everything. So there's commercialism, there's consumerism, and lastly, this really isn't a word, but uh, we'll use it anywhere, controversialism. And uh, this whole idea that uh, there's the controversy, those of us who are, are Christ followers, uh, there are times where we get agitated, get, get really upset by all those first two C's seemingly to take the meaning and strip it out of, out of Christmas. And uh, we realize that uh, Christmas isn't, isn't uh, 
you know, um, Sears, which is going out of business, but Walmart or Target or The Gap. It, it isn't their thing. It's, it's our thing. And, and it, it, really, it really is difficult for us. Uh, you remember probably uh, maybe about 15 years ago, this battle really started brewing out there where, where some stores would say happy holidays or that's a nice holiday tree, not a Christmas tree. And I, that just kind of like pushed uh, a lot of Christ followers uh, buttons. And, uh, you, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we got into it and we, you know, people boycotted things and then savvy retailers trained their people to read what kind of response the person was looking for. So if you're coming through the line and they signed to size you up as a Merry Christmas person, they would say Merry Christmas to you. If they thought you weren't a Merry Christmas person, I don't know how they figured this out, they would say Happy Holidays to you because, you, you know, they really were looking for our dollars. And it's kind of interesting, you know, you look at this controversialism and we get all wired up about it. But, you know, kind of what we did is we used economics to get people who could care less about Christ and Christmas to say it to get our money. And that really, in the long run, doesn't make sense. But we did that. We, we kind of used uh, their tactics uh, to, to get our meaning across, and it really wasn't, I don't know if it really was helping. I don't know if uh, it was kind of, you know, under the, the background when, uh, you know, retailers training would be explaining, you know, say Merry Christmas to those you think needed and that, that and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if it really was helping us, in a sense, point to the meaning that uh, we as Christ followers was helping. I don't know if that was a good use of energy. You have to remember that Paul says this in Second uh, uh, Corinthians 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So when it comes to all these kinds of things and back and forth and boycotting and this and that and getting all fired up about some of this stuff, don't know if that's really our calling as Christ followers to do that. And I really don't know if it really helps, in a sense, advance the love of Christ in somebody's life. I think a lot of times people just think it's ridiculous and don't get it. A little controversial there. So, so as we think about the Christmas story, uh, what do we think about? Let's uh, look at Matthew 1.18. Uh, the verses will be up on the screen if you want a paper Bible, the Bible around you. It's there on page uh, 675. You'll find it there. Um, also really encourage you to uh, download uh, Uversion, the Bible app. And then you can have the Bible anywhere you go, on your phone, on your electronic device. But let's, uh, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is what we read. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took him home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. So as Christ followers, when we start to hone down on what we point to, the message of Christ, it's the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one, Jesus. Fully God, fully man. And so we want to point to that. We want to raise that, if you will, up the flagpole. And there's certain ways we can do that. Again, back to a, Christmas, a Charlie Brown Christmas uh, Linus, as he begins to explain what Christmas is all about, reads from Luke chapter 2. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So what does, if you were to take time and watch through the Charlie Brown story, what does it actually teach us? What can we glean from that? What, how can it help us, those of us who say we are Christ followers, how can it help us celebrate? How can it help us keep things in perspective? First of all, we see that Charlie Brown is frustrated because everyone seems to miss what Christmas is all about. He's just, he's just over the top frustrated about that. And those of you of us who have uh, been Christ Falls for a little while, for a long while, we see some of this and it, it, it can make us frustrated. It can make us just really agitated in a sense that uh, all this is going on. But there's a, there's a place for that. There's a line for that. There's a boundary for that. Remember a few years back when um, Starbucks came out with these cups and, and people exploded. People went crazy with this. There was actually some uh, responses to this, and, and one person uh, talked about the fact that when, when this came out, what you needed to do when you went into a Starbucks, is you know how they ask you for your name, and I know they don't get it right always, but let's just say they're going to get it right. You, they ask for your name, you go into a Starbucks, and because they've taken Merry Christmas off the cup and all those kinds of things, what you're supposed to say, you're supposed to, they say, what's your name? You go, my name's Merry Christmas. And so then, when they call you for your drink, they say, Merry Christmas! You get them, see? I mean, there was actually a whole movement to do that. And uh, really, uh, that seemed uh, a little just out there. And again, I'm sure that that really didn't advance the good news of Jesus Christ, 
the good news of his coming, they, they just went, this, this is just wild. And the reality, too, is, you know, we could get really down to the nitty-gritty. If your name isn't Merry Christmas, you shouldn't say your name's Merry Christmas, right? So it's just, just craziness. Um, uh, they also, you know, got about, you know, the whole thing about um, what was on the cup. Um, it's interesting, Starbucks had made it very known that in no way are they a Christian organization or anything like that. So obviously we shouldn't expect them to celebrate Christmas in that way because it is not a Christian organization. Also, symbols from the previous year where they had trees, snowflakes, reindeers, uh, that people were getting upset about that. Well, obviously those symbols are not... Uh, Christian symbols. So, so again, it's, again, it just, it just did, it just didn't make uh, make any sense for them to do that. It was just crazy. And also, it's interesting that if you do go to a Starbucks, you'll find you can buy their what blend of of, of coffee this time of year. Their Christmas blend. So it isn't like they're not, they're eradicating it from everything. You can get Christmas blend coffee, and some places they sell Christmas cards and those kinds of things. So it's just, it was just a little bit over the top. You know, and, um, you know, we have one thing to say when we're telling that story is the fact that Jesus loves them. So you've got this Charlie Brown is frustrated uh, because everyone seems to miss what Christmas is all about. And this is where he gets off the rail is he's so distressed about it that Charlie Brown misses what Christmas is all about for himself. And so that's really easy for those of us who are Christ followers to get so worked up that in our frustration, we become so distressed that we actually miss what Christmas is all about. And we don't act like loving people that have been changed by the love of Christ. We act like something else. Watch this now commercial. Fox Business Network in News. New York is Adam Shapiro. Good morning, Adam. Hey, good morning, Tom. Hope you had a good weekend. Yeah, it was very nice. Thank you. Uh, this was all over social media over the weekend. A uh, group of people outraged over this. The uh, Starbucks Red Holiday Cups saying they lack the yep. holiday spirit because basically it's just, it's just red with the logo. Yeah, um, and so, so I'm just going to give you the facts. Starbucks in years past has had Merry Christmas on the cups, Christmas. They've had Christmas trees and snowflakes, that kind of stuff. But this year, it's just that red cup that you're showing. And they actually said when they announced it that uh, they wanted to, quote, wanted to usher in the holidays with a purity of design that welcomes all of our stories. Well, a man who describes himself as a former pastor, uh, Joshua Furstein, went on Facebook and with a video, and he's asking people when they order a coffee at Starbucks to use their name as Merry Christmas so that they'll have the barista will have to write Merry <laughs> Christmas on the cup. But he wrote, this is what he wrote on Facebook. Yeah. Starbucks removed Christmas from their cups because they hate Jesus. So I pranked them, and they hate it. Uh, have at it. There are people defending Starbucks who are saying that, look, Starbucks is still selling Christmas blend coffee uh, with Christmas on the package as well as uh, Christmas cards. So this is this is the times we live in. Well, you know what ticks me um, off about this cup. Ten million. What ticks me off about this cup, Adam, is there's nothing in it. Oh, geez, there was something. In it. <laughs> so, what are the outcomes? What are the outcomes from these two stories: a Charlie Brown Christmas and the Christmas story from from Matthew and Luke? First of all, the first thing we ought to do as Christ follows is this. We ought to be thankful that something is different in our culture in December. We should be thankful about that. 
all of a sudden, you and I now have an opportunity to invite someone to a Christmas service, to a Christmas event. Uh, we have an opportunity to send a Christmas card. Uh, Cindy and I try to, or I don't make them, I deliver them, but she makes Christmas stuff, cookies, and we bring them out to our neighbors just to say we're celebrating Christmas. Just a little bit of a point to, to who Christ is and his love. So this gives us an opportunity to, to, to invite people. I, you know, I, I'm, you're able to put little cards up. We're able to put the billboard up down on 96, those kinds of things. It's an opportunity for us to point to Christ. So we should be thankful. So rather than you know, get all upset that there are those that are kind of celebrating Christmas, but it's not according to our definition of Christmas, don't, but take the opportunity. I like what Paul says in Ephesians. He says this, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. And to me, that idea there is to leverage this season. 80%, it said, 80% of the people that you invite to church just in general, like they're probably a little higher at, at, during the Christmas season, but they say 80% of the people, if you have never invited them before, 80% will respond with a positive answer at least once. So this is a great time to leverage what's going on in our culture, all of this Christmas festivities and all of that and to, and to use it well. So to be happy that they take moment. What if, what if it just shut down and what if there was no? Would you be more happy with that? Use this season wisely with responsibility as people who know the meaning and purpose of life. Also, don't expect our culture to embrace what Christmas is all about. Don't expect it. Don't expect someone who has not said yes to Jesus to live like someone who has said yes to Jesus. Don't expect that. That, that, that's, that's, that actually is an emptiness. That's having the external shell of a Christ follower, but not having the change of heart. So that, that's, kind of a, that's kind of not a great thing. Because then they can walk through life feeling okay with life. They can feel they're religious and they have never had Jesus connect with them at a personal, internal level. So don't expect, don't expect, I don't expect anyone who doesn't know Christ to act like a Christ follower. Do expect those who have said yes to Christ to act like a Christ follower. But don't expect people who haven't said yes. Jesus says, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, born again, said yes to Jesus, had that inside-out transformation, have, has said they want forgiveness in their life, have accepted the gift of Christ, he died and rose again so we could be right with God. From above, it is not possible to see what I'm pointing to to God's kingdom. And we talked about God's kingdom a couple weeks ago being the rule and reign of him in your heart in this moment now. So, so we just shouldn't expect that. 
That actually gives us an open door to talk and communicate and live the love of Christ. As we said before, we should have the corner on that. We should be the best at that. We may not be great at other things, but when it comes to expressing love, we should be at the top of the list. We should be the best at that because of what Christ has done to us. So we point to God's kingdom. But don't expect someone who doesn't know Christ personally to do that. So then again, as we think about that, so what else can we do? So when we think about this, is we need to ask ourselves, do all you can do, can do, do all you can to be sure you know what Christmas is all about. Make sure you know. If you're a Christ follower, make sure you know and make sure you know by experience because it shows up in your life, in my life. That actually people can see something in a good way that's different in your life and in my life. Let the message about Christ, the good news that starts with that baby born in a manger, but ends at the cross, ends on Easter when Jesus rises again. Let the message about Christ be complete, completely fill your lives while you use all your wisdom to teach and instruct others with thankful hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And when I hear that sing and all of that, spiritual songs to God, you have need to go back to the thankful hearts that there is a joy in your life, in my life, and it overflows by singing, by having a, a bounce in your step. Uh, we used to sing that hymn, In My Heart There Rings a Melody. That kind of thing. It's inside. And because we know by experience the Christmas story, what has happened, the change, that, that we have a joy. And because we know it and the joy just drips from our lives, it touches other people's lives. You see, our job isn't to make sure others celebrate Christmas right. We're not the Christmas police. We're not, oh, hey, wait a minute, do you know, you know, we're not that. Our job is to be sure we celebrate Christmas rightly. And I think the more you and I celebrate Christmas rightly, the more and more the true message of Christmas gets out. And I think it gets out even more than if we're the Christmas police. See what Charlie Brown experiences. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Linus is right. 
I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. I'll take this little tree home and decorate it. And I'll show them it really will work in our play. First prize? Oh well, this commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. I've killed it. Oh, everything I catch gets ruined. I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. is a blockhead, but he did get a nice tree. What's going on here? Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown! Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn king Peace on so maybe a Charlie Brown Christmas does show us how to point to the original story. Charles Schultz was a genius. If you were to listen to the lyrics of Hark the Herald Angels, you would hear a lot of the message of Christmas. You see, he pulls it all together. So how can we, how can you and I celebrate Christmas? Um, so just some simple things. They, they, they take more of intentionality than anything else. That's all they take. And then you and I can celebrate Christmas at a fuller level and then maybe some of that joy as it's revisited in our hearts will overflow into the people's lives around us. So the first one is use a daily reading. You can go online and you can find out, you know, 24, 25 days, simple readings. Uh, right Now Media, you have those two book cards in there. And again, if you're not familiar with Right Now Media, it's like Netflix. And uh, the church pays for subscription, so anyone who comes through these doors, anybody who's a family or friend anywhere across the country, around the world, you can have access to that. It's a gift from us to you, so please use that. And they've got different things. There's two on those um, bookmarks. If you use your phone, you can click, and it'll take you right there. Um, the front one side gets you to subscribe to it to get your uh, code, and then the other side brings you directly to that. So daily readings. Uh, choose music intentionally. That, that's what Charles Schultz did in, 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 a child, in, a, in the um, Charlie Brown Christmas story. He does that very intentionally. Um, attend a Christmas Eve service. Find one that fits for you. Ours is 4.30, but that, that schedule may not work for you. I, I would encourage you, build your Christmas Eve 
around a Christmas Eve service. There are plenty around. You might want one that's later. Find one. I'll tell you this. If, if you want to point to Christ, if you want your family to experience that, even if you have family who come from out of town, and I know you go, well, Dave, you don't understand this, go to a Christmas Eve service. If they want to stay home, they can stay home. You can go to the Christmas Eve service and then be back in an hour. Show that that's important. Build your experience around that. Read the Christmas story as a family. Read it Christmas morning, not right before you open your presents. That's not fair to your kids. It's not fair to this kid. You know, all right, we're getting ready to open the present. You know, you know, put it in a place where you're not like, like you're going to sound, this is terrible. It's Christmas. You're messing up the Christmas. You've set the kids up. They've got all these presents. And you're like, they're ready to dive in. You're like, okay, fold your hands. Hear the story. And they're like, just looking at the presents. Maybe after the presents, you say, you know, the real present of Christmas is Jesus. Let's read the story. Put it in a place where you're not, like, setting them up for, for problems. I mean, you know, it's like leaving a bowl of candy out saying, don't eat any. I, you know, don't, you know, don't do those kinds of things. Um, also, um, everybody invites somebody. Be a friend, bring a friend. Over and over again. And I like, rather than just invite, bring. It's warmer. Hey, why don't you come with me to the evenings, to this, to that. Come, come with me. Plan a meal, front end or back end or something, but be a friend, and this is for, and, and then bring a friend. Um, give a one-way gift. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we give gifts that are exchanges. Uh, sometimes we give gifts that, you know, uh, I remember when uh, my brother-in-law and I first, uh, you know, when we first became brother-in-laws, we would exchange gifts, and we said, okay, let's do a $15 gift. We were cheap back then, or $15 was a lot back then, I don't know. But anyway, $15 was the number, and we basically would, I think it was for birthdays more, we would give the same $15 back and forth. I'd write him a check, he'd write me a check, I'd write him a check. It just went back and forth, and then after four or five years, we said, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, give a one-way gift. Give a gift that you don't expect something in return. And, and think about that. How can I give some of myself away not to give to get, but I'm just giving. I'm celebrating Christmas. God's gift to us, my gift to somebody else. Another one, and this is, this is really big, get rid of guilt and celebrate in a big way. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel guilty about celebrating. It's, it's great that we can celebrate. Get into it, enjoy it, have fun with it. Make it special. Make it magical. Do that. Don't feel guilty about it. Enjoy Christmas. Now, sometimes I've been in experiences. Sometimes people say, "Well, you need to think about other parts of the world." Well, they, you know, you know, yes and no. Don't don't steal the joy from something that should be fun as a family fun for your kids. You see, Charlie Brown reminds us that Christmas really is not about the presence we give, but about being present, about being in the moment. Christmas is about being present, not the presence. So figure out ways. You as an individual can be more engaged and more present in celebrating Christmas and enjoy the fact that our culture 
in this country goes all out for Christmas. A lot of bad reasons, but you use them and turn them around to good reasons. So you and I get to take the opportunity of pointing to Christ in significant ways. Would you please pray with me? Gracious Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son. We're thankful that he changes everything, beginning with us as an individual on the inside out. And Lord, as we look into this Christmas season, we just ask that you would help us to celebrate it with a new sense of awe, a new sense of passion. Help us to be intentional. Help us not to get so busy and so wrapped up in all the distractions that we miss out on really being present and enjoying your presence and experiencing that joy and having that joy at such a level in our own lives that it spills over into the lives of those closest to us and even into the lives of those that are strangers. We thank you. We thank you for the gift of your Son. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name.